everyone. Welcome to the Real Music Talk podcast. I'm Keith Hall, your host, and this is episode number 15. And this is part two of our conversation with Dwayne Davis. Now, Dwayne Davis is a choral educator, vocal jazz teacher, mentor to so many of us. And uh, I've had a great time hanging out with him. And this second episode is just full of of nuggets of wisdom, I assure you. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, go ahead and do that and uh, join us. We've got some great episodes coming up. So let's get into the second part of our conversation with Dwayne Davis. Dwayne, you share wisdom so freely with all of us on a regular basis. But I'm wondering if you could speak to yourself 20 years ago, 40 years ago, you know, what you would say to that younger Dwayne Davis? Uh, things germinate at different times. Some things, you know, the gestation period for uh, a woman in pregnancy is nine months. But you look at other animals and it's far longer than that. And you look at uh, something like a diamond and it takes millions of years to get the beauty out of it. And the, the the grit and the fire and the pressure and yeah. the, all of that to become this valuable gem that it is. The pressure that it went through to, to become what it is. And if we can have that endurance, if we could just not break under pressure, but accept it as part of what we're going to become. But there are times that I wish I could have spoken higher to myself and said, "It's this pressure is good for you. Mm. It's healthy. It's going to germinate another thing in you that you didn't even know was possible. And so um, endurance is, is a biggie. Yeah. Yeah, that perspective that you have now, that that pressure is actually helpful. It's hard to see uh, when, obviously, when you're young. Or even, even now, when you're in the midst of it, yes, right. It's really hard to see that, and we have to kind of step back, kind of zoom out, you yes. know, and look and say, okay, I think this is going to work out. I just need to, as you say, endure. If my young self could have been uh, more thankful to just be and less um, anxious about becoming because we're always saying when I when I do this when I do that but what about right now what what is there anything good happening right now are you you know and there's so much every day that we uh skip over because we are waiting for that next thing for when we finally get there or and that's that's a waste of energy to me here and now yeah yeah, we miss we miss the moments all the time. We miss them. Yeah. Everything we do is an audition. I I say it all the time to my students, everything you do is an audition. Now I have failed my auditions in some things that I have done in here. 
and in your mind. Yes, I have okay. failed some, but everything I'm doing, I'm auditioning. When I do an all-state choir, I tell all of those students, you are auditioning for each other right now because one of you, you're going to be a president of college or a bank or a something, and one of the other members here will come to you and say, remember me back in 2010 or whatever year it was, and I'll ask someone, why me? Why did you ask me to do that? Why did you ask me to speak in Japan? Who, where'd you get that from? You know, and some, some things I'll never know. I never know who recommended me for something. That's jarring. It's, it makes me thankful. It renews my, my faith. It, it doesn't uh, feed my ego. It humbles me because out of a very simple thing can grow a huge thing. Out of a very simple seed, it's like a mustard seed type mm. thing. And and I'm a gardener, so I'm always planting. And I tears come to my eyes when I see the results of that. I'm going, you were just like a just a nothing and all of a sudden this big beautiful flower or this tree or this shrub and i'm going oh man god you are amazing that you have brought this beauty into my life well you bring a lot of beauty into our lives Dwayne, and uh, it makes me think of uh, the early educators that you talked about miss christie and people like that these great educators that they did so much for you um, and and you just continue to do that for all of us. What's crazy is that you do it for me. That's what I love. I mean, you know, for to hear Quincy talk about the lesson he took over your house when he was just a kid, and, you know, I love Quincy, and I love you, and, I, you know, tomorrow he said he's speaking to uh, one of your former students, um, Christian Newman. Yeah. I love Christian Newman. I remember when he was a freshman there at Western. And I used to say, oh, you remind me of my son. Yes. And I said, make sure you tell Christian that all oh, my two sons are talking to each other. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's life. Life is, uh, you know, talking about six degrees. We're, oh. we're, we're all related in some type of way, not very far from each other. That's right. So... I, it's it's reciprocal. It's not just a giving. It's it's getting. I look at the love that you give your students. You you have that right mix of nurturing, uh, insisting. <laughs> I mean, it takes a mixture of all of those to help a student realize if they're willing to take your tutelage mm -hmm. and your students are, I look at you and you're just, you're, you're the right mix of the type of teacher that will get students to rise to a high level. And if they don't, they're lost. I mean, because they have to buy into it too. Yeah. Well, uh, I've learned so much from you, man. Honestly, I think about the way you teach all the time. You know, you talk about, you know, the qualities of being a great educator. And I have 
this friend of mine, she's a, a master educator and still a student. Um, her name is Pamela Goodacre. But she says that as educators, and you could say this as a parent as well, right? But as educators, it is our responsibility for, to, for the students to open their eyes so that they may be fully human. I see you doing that because when people come out of your rehearsals, out of your groups, um, after encountering you, it's not just that they learned the repertoire or they learned how to sing or perform, but they are fully human because you bring out the humanity. It's, it's amazing. It's, um, I always uh, start a rehearsal with a new group. I don't care who it is. It could be students. It could be adults. And I said, for us to get the most out of this time together, it's in, it's just going to be imperative. And I say, I don't mean it in a lewd way, but it's imperative that you are willing to be naked. Mm-hmm. And that means taking off that, that veneer, that front, that boundary that does not uh, allow penetration into the soul, into feeling, into, you know, expressing what you feel. And sometimes going to places that make you happy and sometimes places going uh, that make may make you sad. Um, I, I think that's why I'm so obnoxious sometimes. I'm very loud. A very unorthodox woe unto my professors walking in my room and going, um, okay, that's one way of doing it. <laughs> it's not quite the textbook way that we taught you, but well, thank God. <laughs> yeah. Because I just, people need to be just like me, shaken and jarred and get out of yourself, get out of your skin and don't be afraid to, to show your warts and your scars. Um, especially if you're in a safe place in a rehearsal that boundaries have, uh, you know, the, the platform has been set where we're not here to laugh at you or ridicule you. We're all here to grow, not just you, and it's not just me to you. It's all of us growing as humans, growing as musicians, growing as appreciators of this great thing that has been given to mankind, art. It's been given to us not for museum purposes. It's been given to us to move us, to stir us, to shake us, to give us an appreciation for being, you know, for feeling and all of those things that it does. Ah. It's making me full right now. Thank you. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yes, and pass that plate right now. <laughs> Somebody start the organ right now. That's right. <laughs> but it has. Yeah. You know, and I, I could walk into beautiful architecture and tears come in my eyes, or I could listen to, you know, just a fantastic orchestral chord and be moved by that, or be taken someplace that. I didn't think I was going to go, but I, I was open to wherever it would take me and not ashamed that it would take me there, not guarded. I never accepted life like it wasn't, uh, that I shouldn't receive everything that it has to offer. 
I didn't go, I never remember going through life, any part of it, with the kind of trepidation like, should I ask or should I, do I belong here or do I, I just never, my parents never, never discouraged me from anything. I was a, I was a loner pretty much in high school Hmm. because I loved going to the libraries. I loved going to museums. I did it every weekend. My dad would give me 50 cents and I'm at the Cleveland Art Museum or walked around Severance Hall or University Circle, which is over there by Case Western Reserve. Mm-hmm. And I'm downtown at, at the libraries because it was a huge library. And I'm, you know, going to concerts and things that that my peers weren't doing. And I was always, I was pretty popular in high school but I was in many groups but in none of them you know I hung out with the athletes but I wasn't athletic I hung out with the academicians I may have looked nerdy and like I was very academic but I wasn't I you know I had all of these friends I was friends with everybody but when it came down to it I liked the solitude in my solitude. I, I, I just loved the solitude because I was happy. And I didn't want to force, hey, you want to go to this concert with me? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I would go to the I would go to the Cleveland Indian games with some of my friends. Mm-hmm. Uh not that I was crazy about baseball, but I they had some good food and it was just just a good hang, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> So I never felt that I shouldn't go anywhere. Maybe I wasn't wanted. But I think we get back what we give. If I give out positives, I'm going to get that back. I want this world to be a better place. And we need to get over ourselves and learn how to get along and get happy and and make music together. Yeah, Really, because music breaks all kind of barriers. Yes. I mean, and it became quite evident to me. I've taken several choirs to Europe. I used to take the Blue Lake Choir to Europe every year for seven years. So we're all over Scandinavia and Central Europe and, you know, France. And some of the places we went, they did not, they had not experienced Black people. You know, if I go very far in the north of Switzerland or of Sweden, Hmm. no. If I go, you know, in remote communities in Germany, they may not have. And I remember we were in Germany in some little mountain place. They had a community course that we were going to sing with. And I stayed with the Burgermeister. And, uh, you know, finally, the concert came. And I conducted the men's chorus and I sang with them. And my host, who was the Burgermeister, said, you know, before you came, no one wanted to keep you. You know, of course, you have black students in the choir, but no one wanted to keep you. You're the director. And they didn't know what what do you do with a black person? He said, but when you got up there and sang German with our men's chorus, that was it. Mm. That was it. They just mm. all fell in love with just 
the world, humanity, the goodness of the world. Because we're not different. Maybe different languages, different textures, but we want the same. Yeah. And music certainly just breaks that down to the lowest common denominator. Well, I am extremely inspired by so many of the things that Dwayne talked about in this episode, as well as the first uh, part of this conversation. So if you haven't checked out the previous episode, please do that and you'll get the whole conversation. And uh, I just have so much love and appreciation for Dwayne Davis. If you have not subscribed to the podcast, please do that. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and interact with us and spread the word. Tell your friends. And we look forward to next time. But in the meantime, be who you be and do what you do. Take care. Bye.